Gentlemen, welcome to the V-Man Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Denning. Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being here. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the podcast, please remember to do that. And, and if you like what you hear, man, leave a leave a review up to five stars and, and share this with friends and, and family, colleagues. Get this stuff out there. We've got to all participate in this movement to help men rise to be the very best version of themselves as husbands and fathers and businessmen and leaders and men. Today, my guest is Ryan King, and online he's a... Uh, he writes at The Wisdom of Kings, which is motivational, nuanced content on, on wisdom, manhood, relationships, and leadership. And he's a husband and father to two young men and a difference maker, right? And he's the, he's the CEO of Guardian Payments. We dive into how he built that. It was really one transaction at a time, which is a pretty awesome story. He just kept playing with it until he got it done. But it also dives in and connects to lessons he learned as a baseball pitcher in college. And how you just throw the next pitch and, and how you build one thing at a time, really leaning in to whatever whatever it is that needs to be improved, right? And he tells his awesome story. He got married at 24 and, and his wife was pregnant. And he's like, look, I, I had to become a man fast and figure things out and learn by trial and error. And then now he's sharing uh, a lot of the things that, and same thing, I'm on the same journey. We're sharing the lessons we learned along the way, the kind of the hard, slow trial and error way, uh, hoping to shed some light and inspiration and insight, some wisdom so that others don't have to make the same mistakes so we can literally collapse time by learning what took us months to learn, we can share in moments and we can learn that from others and, and then we can turn around and share it and even talks about that. Right? The, the, three, the three men that uh, everyone, every man needs Right, and I'm not going to spoil that. You get into that, but there's some great stuff here. Really awesome strategies for business and life. So let's dive in. Enjoy, Ryan. Man, we are super excited uh, to have you on the show, brother, and appreciate it. You 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 share some incredible content uh, that I want to talk about, and you've you've done some really cool things with with family and business and fitness. So I want to I want to hit it all, but. Uh, give us a little bit of background. How uh, how did it start, and how did you get where you are? And give us a little bit of your your story. Oh man, well for me, it's uh, getting exposed to a lot of this stuff on Instagram has been kind of eye opening because, um, you know, when I got started, when I when I, I got married at twenty four, and um, my wife I was actually pregnant at the time <laughs> with my first son. And it was kind of so. You uh, guys, you guys started right. I out the had gates. to go from zero to sixty, man. I like I had to turn yes. into. A, I had to turn into a man real quick. Yes, you, know? you did. That's. But I did. I didn't actually turn into a man real quick, but I had to start trying to yep. urgently. Um, and uh, so yeah, for me, you know, so much of the stuff that I write about now, you know, back at the time, man, in two thousand seven, you know, podcasts were mainly sports. You know, like there wasn't a whole lot of self-improvement podcasts, right. masculine podcasts. And, you know, YouTube was, you know, instructional videos and yep. you know, cat videos and Instagram was people taking pictures of their food. And, you know, so I, man, I just had to trial and error, you know, just as, as, as I encountered something, whether it was business or marriage or being a dad or whatever, it was just like. And I don't really have outside sources that I that I know of that I can say, hey, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? So I just have to be real, you know, be real reflective and analytical and you know, 
try things and see what worked. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm just the product of a whole lot of experimentation. Man. Yeah, so, man. And I, man, I can relate to that. You're right. As you, you start thinking kind of pre what the internet is now, when you get before that, it's like, man, where, where do you find access to truth to like principles and practices to have its instruction i mean i can see you've got your huge library i've got my library like i turn to books um because that that's where like i could find things there but it was interesting how how much of a dearth of just an absence of rock solid men and mentors that, that i had growing up and and i'm with you man i'm like and i remember the frustration you probably did too of like months or years of like come on like how do we figure this out? Right? Let, let's go. And then finally experimentation or trial and error or, or reading something, or finally you, you meet somebody like there it is. Yeah. That's it. And it's a game changer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there were, we did have books, you know, there were absolutely books, but you know, there wasn't really like a rating system on it. So you just went to the bookstore and you really didn't mm-hmm. know if the book was any good or not. So you said to read it and you know, maybe two chapters were actually applicable, yeah. you know, and the rest of it was just like, well, that was a waste of time. You know, yep. so it was just, there was a, you know, I feel like what the resources that, you know, men have available now and the resources that, you know, men like you and I are creating, um, it really helps filter through a lot of the stuff that, that, that doesn't work and help and helps speed that process up that, you know, men like you and I had to, had to learn the hard way, you know, over the course of, you know, years, you know, yep. we can, you know, if, if a younger dude is actually wise enough to, you know, and humble enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to listen to these guys that have been there. Yeah. We can, we can really help, help you skip over a lot of the stages that cause a lot of pain and a lot of frustration, but you have to be willing to be humble and be like, you know what, even if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to trust that these guys have been there. Right. Cause they're saying something that, that sounds important, even though if I haven't experienced it yet, man, this stuff matters. That's what, it's, and what you're saying right there is so important because that's how we can collapse time. So to speak, yes. we can take decades and quite literally days. turn them into days. Yeah. yeah like oh, the things that absolutely. you and I've learned over decades say, Hey, look, fellas, pay attention to this. It matters so much. And, and you yeah. collapse time. And that's, that's what dads are supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah, but a lot of dads weren't taught it, so they don't have it to teach. Yeah, or they aren't there at all, or they're passive, or they're tired because they're working a lot, or whatever. And there's a lot of reasons why dads didn't pass that stuff on. But um, a lot of dads, I mean, think about talk about how bad we had it. Think about how bad our our dads had it. Talk about not Mm -hmm. having any access to anything different. Like all all those dads had to go off of was how their dads and uncles acted. They had nothing. Yeah, very very local community with very limited even. Any any yeah. kind of media that was coming in through radio or TV was was really entertainment based. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, they had like mail order audio tapes from right. Tony Robbins and stuff <laughs> like that. You know. Yeah. You know, so it's easy to point the finger at our dads and be like, "Oh, they didn't teach us this stuff." Well, I mean, they can't teach us stuff they didn't know, and they usually yeah. only had access to three or four human beings that happened to be in the small town they lived in. You know. So yeah. It's so that's a huge. Huge reminder for you and me still with with the massive amounts of information and stuff that's available and all the massive amount of entertainment that's available. I want to just kind of dial in on what you said there. You can't teach what you don't know. Yeah. And so one of, uh, I think, of our responsibilities or moral obligations as men is to acquire knowledge yeah. and and know it like deeply for ourselves 
so that we have something to offer. So especially for our kids, we can answer questions. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things, and this is probably going to be the topic of, of my next post is, you know, one thing I've noticed is that there's an abundance of young men seeking mentors. And I think all young ambitious men are looking for mentors to help yeah. them fast forward. Right. But one of the things that as men, we're not doing a very good job of is once we've made it, we're not becoming mentors to others. Yeah. You know, we want mentors to help us. We want to take because, but once, once our lives get to where they need to be, we don't, we don't see the duty that we have to pass along that knowledge to more than just our sons. There's so many men out there that didn't have father figures and still don't have father figures. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah, it's great. And I think young men need to have the humility to seek out mentors, you know, but I think a lot of men are doing a really bad job of like, Oh, I've made it. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy, you know, the life that I've, the life that I've built instead of wow. taking that and being like, you know what, now it's my turn to find people I can mentor and pass on the knowledge that I've learned. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's an abundance of young men seeking mentors. There is not an abundance of older experienced men saying, here I am, yeah. I'll mentor you. Yeah. You know, they'd rather sit and just sit back and enjoy the spoils. So they right. take, they can take from mentors, which as somebody who's, you know, I guess viewed as a mentor, um, you take and take and take from mentors and that's fine. I'm perfectly happy to, to give, but when I, what I expect in return is that when I die, or when I'm older, you're, you're passing on what I've taught you to somebody, somebody else. So all this torch. knowledge that I've acquired in order to help myself and to help you is going to die with you. Yeah. And so and you have a responsibility on. to take, I don't mind if you take from me, that's what I want. But I expect you to give that to somebody else too, and yes. not, not just use it for your own personal life. Yep. I want you to have a great life personally, but it doesn't end there. You've got to give, and it begs the question: Then are we are we as anxious or desirous to turn around and help and lead and teach and mentor as we are to seek help and succeed? I don't and, think so, because it's easy to want help and succeed because that's. Yeah. Because you're driven, like there's benefits there, man. Yeah, but a lot, so many men. It's and what really, what really irks me, is when I see those men that have made it talking down to these young guys that haven't made it. Like, oh, you're soft or you're whatever. It's like, then help them be not soft, man. Like, they they probably don't want to be soft. They just haven't been taught how. Right. Exactly. They don't know. And and it's easy. It's easy. You you'll probably relate to this too. Is once you once you get to a certain level. Sometimes it can actually be hard to really remember what it was like yes. in your previous self. Oh, like my absolutely. wife and I'll be rolling along. We're like, and we'll, we'll have to stop. So I was like, like, oh yeah. Like we used to have totally fixed mindsets. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can't do this. That's just the way we are. We used to live in that world. And yeah. now we're like, nah, we can figure out anything. Yeah. Right. We have to well, remember really, we used to be what's there. What's really been funny is, you know, for me, I've only been in this in any kind of public space I, you know, for about six months. Like I've never been on a podcast until six months ago. I started my Instagram page in January, you know, so this is all very new for me. But um, one of the things that I, that I'm really shocked by is just how many people there are that just really basic stuff is like mind blowing. For yep. 
Uh, you, so don't have to, you don't have to have it all figured out to be really helpful for people. Yep. You know, I, I forget that is. too, all the time. I get into the complexity of it all. And, and I, again, I, you kind of like, Oh yeah, basics, like let's hit some next level stuff. And, and I forget like, no, the, the basics, the common, you know, common sense isn't common practice or common knowledge. And like, we got to share the fundamentals no, that still make absolutely. a huge difference. And, as much as I, what's really, what's really funny and rewarding and val- and has given me a lot of value for myself is just how much better a man I've become since I started talking about this. Yeah, you know, like it's it, it's forced me to take things that I that I did kind of accidentally, occasionally, and the process of thinking through it and teaching it to somebody else has made me you know, conceptualize it in a way that I can apply on my own. And yep. I'm actually a better man now for having mentored other people. Yep. Exactly. Uh, you know, my wife will tell you like my whole persona is not my whole persona, but like the consistency of the kind of persona that I'm wanting yes, to have consistency is, is, is far more reliable. I'm not just accidentally being the right kind of husband or the right kind of dad yep. every once in a while, you know, I've identified, traits that I used to just kind of be aware of, but it wasn't really drilled down to its essence in a way that I could, that I even could apply universally. Right. And so there's a lot of value, I think, for men in becoming mentors because teaching it to other people. You learn when you teach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I had that experience so many times where I'm literally like, while I'm teaching something, I'm learning so much because you're you're trying to conceptualize it. Like, how can I how can I give this a, a metaphor, or a comparison, or mm-hmm. how can I give this framework? And you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, and, and it makes you sharper because of it. Yeah, so I, I think of you know I think if if we could just snap our fingers and create an ideal scenario, I think you know every man needs three roles in his life. You know, he needs a mentor. No matter where you're at in life, you still need a mentor. Yep, you need somebody you're accountable to besides just yourself. Um, you need brothers who are at the same phase of life that you're in that are dealing with the same struggles and you guys can you know, help, you know, link arms and hold each other up. And then you, and then you need people below you that you're mentoring, you know, and I, I, I kind of view it as like this escalator where eventually at some point you don't have a mentor because everybody's everybody that older than you is dead. Right. And then you're officially the patriarch, you know, I know that word's not sexy anymore, but, and then that person falls off the end of the escalator and you just, you always need somebody ahead of you, somebody on the step yes. with you and somebody behind you as you yes. elevate in life. And if we had, if we had that in some, in some sort of systematized way of society as men, man, that'd be powerful. Huge. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. And man, that's so cool. It, it's around, around those exact same things. Um, well, I created, I don't, I created what's called the a master, be the man master class and tribe, right? And it's really it was it was driven by those exact same things you're talking about. That we need, really? we need mentors and coaches. We need a community, a brotherhood, a band of brothers to be together, and we need people we can help and lead and and, and teach and share things with and learn from. Yeah. Right? So it's just, it's that same model. You're you're spot on, brother. So what's driving you, man? What's driving you to kind of take what you've been learning over all these years and just start sharing it? Um. Man, I just, I think anybody that's been sitting, sitting back and observing society and, and 
just across the board, we could get into all kinds of weeds about that. But anybody that's just been sitting back and observing society for the last, not just the last two years, it's gotten really bad the last two years, but over the course of the last five years, you know, I found myself thinking like, is nobody going to step up and lead yeah. and talk sense? You know, and I kept waiting for somebody to do it. And I finally just was like, well, I don't really feel qualified, but if nobody else is going to do it, I'll try, you know, That's and awesome. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I, I really figured, you know, nobody would really care about anything I had to say, you know, I'm not a famous rock star or anything, you know, like, um, so the response has been shocking, you know, that, you know, my page has grown the way that it has. And, you know, I've been really fortunate and humbled to get invited onto podcasts like this and all that, you know, because for me, and I think that's what holds a lot of men back from doing that mentoring is, you know, any man that has that leadership qualities, that's you know, humble enough to be aware of his own faults. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of feel this, it's weird to step up and say, Hey, follow me. I know what I'm talking about, you know, because it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff that I I'm still figuring out, right. you know, and, and that's a weird place to be in, you know, because I'm, I'm all too aware of my, of myself and my failures and the things that I've screwed, screwed up. Yep. So it's kind of strange to step up and say, Hey, y'all should listen to me. You know, it's, it feels very weird, but um, what I've learned is that, you know, you don't have to know everything. I just have to know enough to help, the people that don't know what I know and right. you know, I mean, the, the stuff that I don't know, I need to find somebody to teach me that. You know, exactly. and I think it would be really helpful for a lot of men to just be like, you know, to hear that, like, man, it's okay if you don't know everything, you know, yeah. man, that's... what you do know would be really helpful for a lot of people. Right. And that's like, it's so cool that you, the way you articulate that. And, and I remember feeling that. So I, I ended up out on my own at 16, um, ju just like desperate to find yeah. answers, right? I'm like, come on, give me something. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would have an experience or come across the book or a principle in a book. And I was like, man, okay. That that's it. At first it was just interesting to me. I'm like, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's something I haven't thought about before. And mm -hmm. so I would try it. And as soon as it worked, I, I literally felt like running down the street, telling people like yeah. you guys, I, like, I just tried this. It totally worked. It was amazing. And especially where, you know, I was, I was in really poor neighborhoods and tough circumstances back then. And, and I would meet people and we hear them, you know, interact and see their conversation, especially where you'd see people suffering or struggling. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, look, man, I just read this thing and I tried it. This principle, this habit, this mindset, it just works. And, and, yeah. and that's really where it started for me. I was, I was 18, 19 already like, just longing to share the few things that I found that were working. Right. Even yeah. though I was like, man, I'm still working on all this, but I'm like, yeah. this is working for me here. And, and I yeah. started sharing that with that along that same line of like, like, I don't have it all figured out, but this is working for me. And, and you, maybe you want to try it. Well, and I think what's really interesting in hearing you say that, you know, is there's some characteristics there at the root of that, that aren't, that nobody talks about in terms of like being a man but they're really important, you know, like, so for me, what jumped out to me is that you're curious yeah. and curiosity, like what are other people doing that's working better, you know, and, and imagination, you know, having that imagination to picture what your life could be like. Yes. Trying to figure out how to get to that. You know, th those are things when you say the words curiosity and imagination, you think of like a five-year-old, right? Like 
that's not something that grown men are like, you know what helped me be successful is curiosity. But at the root of what you're talking about is a very masculine expression and a very mature grown-up expression of a very childlike quality of curiosity and imagination, you know, and, and I think a lot of men would benefit greatly from realizing how that those things can be childish, but there's also a very, a very masculine grounded expression of those characteristics that um, would really benefit a lot of men if they cultivated some curiosity and imagination. Oh, true. Both of those characteristics can be very manly and very powerful. How are you supposed to, you know, men create things. How are you supposed to create things if you don't, if you can't imagine them first? Yes. If you can't, one of the things I I teach is like, uh, like so many men, as far out as they can see is this weekend. Like, how can I get through the week? They can, you know, the extent of their vision is, okay, Friday, gosh, I'm done with the work week. I can just entertain myself to death all weekend. And I don't want to think about Monday. So that's about the extent of the vision or imagination. And you're spot on there with with like, because we have to see again. Like it was Zig Ziglar, I think he said, you know, you can't you can't hit a target you don't have, or you can't hit a target you can't see, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't have the target, if we don't have the imagination, if we can't at least a try to see Absolutely. what it could be like, like it, you're just shooting blind, you're throwing darts in the dark, and and you're hoping, right? And, and hope is never a strategy; it just doesn't work. You got to like well, I think- start building. I think it's important to try to get to the root of it and explain it in a different way, because what we call, what we call that as men and this, you know, is vision, you know, have vision, you know, but for a 19 year old kid, it's like, what does that, what does that mean? It's like, okay, here's how to have vision, man. Like you're like a zoo animal that's forgotten how to hunt. And like, remember being five years old and you just imagine stuff and you're like, man, I can't wait to be an adult. I'm going to do all these things I imagine. And you get, you know, life beats you down and you get to this point where you are just surviving for the weekend. And so how do you, how do you teach a man to have vision? Well, go back to childhood and, and you, at one point you had an imagination and cultivate that until it becomes something that's a vision. That's really what vision is, is a, is a very masculine and ambitious word for a childlike imagination. It's just a, it's, it's imagination. that's matured. Yeah. What was interesting for me uh, as as we're talking through this and and the way you're articulating this so well, I think it was the desperation of my circumstance that it almost forced me to to imagine something better. Yeah. And it, like now I teach it like where there's pain, there's power. And it's in that pain, you're like, this sucks so bad yeah you you have to imagine something better and then then the mental process there the mayor was like okay how how could this be different how could the marriage be different how could my health be different how could my work situation be different and imagine it and then then you can just be like wait a minute if if that's what's possible and this is where i am what are the steps to get me from where i am to where i want to be yeah and then you start mapping out this plan that to to recreate your life yeah yeah, and what's really interesting to me, you know, is that you say that it was desperation, you know, but there's a lot of desperate people that don't take those steps that you're talking about, yeah. you know, and I don't know what that answer is, you know, what is it that distinguishes somebody, one person is desperate and they start looking for how to make it better, you know, like you believe that you could have something better, whereas a lot of people don't have that hope, they don't have that belief, right. 
they're desperate, but they don't think that they that it's possible for them to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. They feel, you know, uh, disenfranchised. You know, they feel uh, discontent, like they right. like those good things aren't for them, and that's really sad. But I I haven't been that's something I wish I knew the answer to, so I could write about it. But I haven't been able to I haven't been able to figure out. Like you put a hundred people into a desperate situation, and not all hundred are going to come out of it. Yeah, five five of them are going to react like you. Yep. The other 95 are just going to think, oh, man, this sucks. And I don't know what separates those people. You know, it's, if I knew the answer, I think there'd be a lot of help to be had there. But yeah. It's worth pondering. Man, that one's worth thinking about yeah. for a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> that one's, you're right. There's something, there's something there. But what's interesting, I don't, I, I don't look at myself as like special or different or, like that there was something about me that I think, I think anyone can do what I did. Yeah. But it's worth some thought there. There was something that switched. You're right. Because some of the people I was around, they stayed there. They never came out, man. Well, and to you, it's not special or different. You know, that's, that's why it's a gift, you know, because people, there's a lot of things. I think that's one of the things that I really try to do. And one of the things I try to emphasize is, you know, we have a lot of power. Our words have a lot of power because, there's a lot of things people have told me about myself that I say the same thing. You know, like, well, I didn't think I was different or special, but what seems like just what, what we take for granted about ourselves, right. other people see as a, see what the value really is in that. And right. so a lot of times people don't know what our gifts are until I, we don't, it's hard for us to see what our gifts are until someone else speaks is, to it. Is looking over like, dude, Ryan, just what's your superpower, bro? Like, yeah, and for me, it's like, well, I just, I just wake up and do what makes the most sense. But like, yeah. you know, and at the same time, you're seeing me in, you know, you're seeing me in my sweet spot. You're seeing me in my gift. And so, what we have a bad habit of doing is we fill in the blanks with perfection too. And it's like, bro, like you might think that I have all this stuff figured out or whatever. You're seeing me in the areas that I'm gifted at. Like, if you took me to Home Depot. You wouldn't you wouldn't think that about me because yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> you know, like yep. and so it's easy to fill in the blanks. Somebody that's you know, when we see them operating in their gift and assume that they're yes. gifted in every area of their right. life. Right. You know, as opposed and we just we we have that tendency to fill it, you know, oh, I see this person doing these three things really well. He must have everything figured out. It's yeah. like, you know, you're seeing a very small picture of who I am. Like there's plenty of other things that, that you're gifted at that I'm clueless about. Right. You, you, I, you know, and I think that's really, I think it's important to talk about those things too. So that people don't compare themselves to something unrealistic. Exactly. And where we can, we, we, each of us operates in our strengths Yes. and don't absolutely. compare other strengths to our weaknesses. Cause you're right. There's, I, in fact, I would, I would say there's, there's more areas of weakness than there are strengths. There's, there's more arenas where you and I step in and are just awkward, total noobs, oh, yeah. whether yeah. it's the dance floor or on stage singing Absolutely. or like some athletic thing or whatever work, you step in anywhere and you're like, I got nothing. You, you set me in yeah. front of a computer and asked me to program something. I'm like, sorry, fellas. <laughs> See, I'm that way. I'm, I'm that way mechanically. Like you put me, if you put me in, in front of like an engine or ask me to build something, it's like I can follow steps on a YouTube video, but it makes it makes no sense to me. Whereas I meet other people that, man, they're not very good at communicating. They seem really closed off or whatever. 
Dude, they can take anything apart and just put it back together, and nobody taught them. They just get it, you know. Figure and you out, see yeah. this with like musicians, man. Like you hand somebody a guitar, and they just—it's like they just magically, not magically—they have to work, but they just get it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's something I don't think is talked about enough in a lot of, in a lot of these, you know, in a lot of these spaces where we're talking about self improvement or whatever yeah. is it, you know. Everything, everybody has things that just come easily. Yeah. And then they have things that, man, that's just, I'm like a caveman trying to understand calculus on that, bro. Like, I am, I'm helpless when it comes to a lot of different things in my life. You know, I think. Same. And it's interesting. Not only, like you're saying, not only is it not talked about enough, it's also not valued enough where, there, there are certain things that we value above other things, kind of, especially some of the obvious things that are kind of measured and out in society. Like, Hey, Hey, this is, it's, it's kind of, it's seen, it's real obvious. And so people are like, Oh, let's really value that where man, none of society would work if some of the behind the scenes stuff wasn't happening. And that's where those guys are back there. They're, you know, making magic happen. Obviously they're just, they're great at it. They're geniuses. They're, they're yeah. building incredible things that make our life so much better, but it's all behind the scenes. And so it's not think, valued as much. I think that's something that, you know, the men that have experience, the men that are more grounded, that are, that are out, you know, talking about these things and trying to help men. It's important for us to, to, speak out against that narrative of these cliches of like, Oh, you got to be an alpha male or whatever. You right. know, it's like, bro, you can be as alpha as you want. If you go step on the football field with Tom Brady, that dude's the alpha. <laughs> and yep. everybody on that team is, is an alpha. They're all rich. They're all athletic. They're all high testosterone guys. But when they, when it comes to real life and you're really trying to accomplish something, you need role players and Tom Brady needs an offensive line. And yeah, he might get the glory, but he couldn't do it without that left tackle either, you know, and as men, we're not doing a very good job of trying to invite men in that say, that say, you know what, bro, you don't have to be an alpha. You don't have to know how to, you know, kickbox or whatever. Like you bring your gift yeah, and your gift is valued, even if it's just a punt return. Man, we well, all even, get a Super Bowl ring, right? Even like, in even in all... that comparison, like think how many off the field, absolutely people are required for the NFL to even to exist. Yeah, and I think we're. I think a lot of men don't don't feel comfortable coming to the table with things like what we're doing because that their gift really is just maybe they're the, the trainer or the punter, right. you know, and they're like. Oh man, all these guys are quarterbacks, and I'm just not a quarterback, and right. you know, it makes them feel like they don't belong. And I just, I have a problem with that. Like in reality, it's not good to have a team of alphas. That's the diva wide receiver that's complaining to Tom Brady that he's not getting enough catches. Like that doesn't help the team win. Right. What helps the team win is everybody being humble and everybody just playing the role that they have to play. And if that means that you're the one that has to step up and be the quarterback then you need to have the confidence and the ability and the capability to do that. But if somebody else is a better quarterback, then you need to have the humility to say, what job can I do to contribute to the team? Yes. And I, I don't think we're doing a very good job as men of, of letting other men know that might be introverted, right? Or that might be, uh, might not have these hyper-masculine traits, but 
they're really gifted in a lot of other ways and they have a lot of value that they can contribute to so much to offer to yes. manhood in general right like whether it's a group of men or a brotherhood like what you've got or whatever i really think as men we need we need to be more and i don't know more inviting to just say bro you don't have to be tom brady man you're welcome to be here we're proud to call you brother yeah like, come you know, as you are come as you and, are and, and be willing to learn and be humble yeah. and willing to fill the role that needs to be filled and sometimes that might mean you have to leave even if you don't feel qualified right because you might be the best qualified of the group you might not be the most qualified in the world but you're the best qualified we've got so even if you don't feel up to it do it anyway and yeah. so it's it's both you know and, and i right. think we've lost a lot of that in this whole everybody be an alpha male conversation agreed you know agreed. that you know if you need to be an alpha, then you need to be able to be. But there's still a place for for men that don't have. There's a lot of men that have no desire to be in the spotlight. Right. They just want to show up, do their job, and be part of something meaningful. Enjoy the camaraderie, enjoy the brotherhood, and just be a good lieutenant. I I think that's most men. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, most but we're men, not we're, we're not like, telling hey, men like, hey, hey, that's okay, dude. Yep. You know what? That, that's, there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. You're not wrong because you don't, there's not something wrong with you because you don't want to be the quarterback. Yep. You know, we want you here, you know, and we want you to be part of these conversations. We want you to feel yeah. welcome in this brotherhood. And, you know, I don't see anybody promoting that. There's this very narrow, restrictive definition of being a man. And it's like, if you're not an alpha, then you're a beta. And man, that's such nonsense. Yep. It is such nonsense. And it's not, it doesn't reflect the real world at all. Right. So, okay, well, that, that's actually a good, well, there's a couple of things I want to think, uh, kind of shift to, but if you're right, there is a misconception, like if I'm going to be a man, it's this. And and I think from my perspective, there are some common denominators that I think sure. all of us should work on, but it doesn't have to be this role. So that that's a good question or like lean in, like what is, what is real manliness? What are, what are those elements that you, in your experience and, and some of your thoughts, like what, what is real manliness? What? What is it? I think it's, I think, on? I think it's virtue, man. I mean, I really think, um, you Aristotle, know, bro, right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's things like, you know, and I just wrote a post and it's, you know, we, we're looking at, for me, I kind of have to go back to everything that predates the industrial revolution to really find what masculinity has always been, because I feel like ever since the industrial revolution, everything's so tainted by Hollywood and the radio. And, and I'm not just talking about like the last 15 years, you know, like in the eighties, it was like, Oh, your men are like Rambo. It's like, no, not every dude's Rambo. Are you kidding me? Not every dude's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, like, and before that it was like, Oh, every man's suave, like Cary Grant. And, you know, it's like, we've always had these things. And, and so for me, if you go back, um, what has masculinity always been? What have, what have we always respected about men in all cultures across Beautiful. all time? Um, and there are common threads. And so for me, it's like, I do one of the posts I just wrote is in, in the modern time, we've gotten into this really bad habit of, of saying, you know, what is a man? And when we say what, what's manly, our first instinct is to think, well, what's not womanly? It's like, hold on a second. The opposite of man, like when you see a guy, you watch a show like Yellowstone, right? And you see, you know, I don't know if you've watched Yellowstone, but one of the characters on there is, is 
you know, kind of becoming famous for being like the guy every woman wants. And it's like you watch him and, and you have this reaction like, oh, that's a man right there. You know? And we've all heard that like, oh, that's a grown ass man. You know, when we say that phrase, are we are we are we thinking of a woman when we say that or are we comparing him to other males? We're comparing him to other males. You know, the opposite of a man isn't a woman. The opposite of a man is a boy. I think we've we've gotten too distracted by women's place and all that instead of saying a boy makes excuses and doesn't take responsibility. You know, a boy avoids avoids making decisions. He's indecisive. He doesn't commit to anything. Yeah. You know, a boy whines and complains when things aren't fair. You know, and so look at childish expressions of things, and then look at masculine expressions yep. of things. And so, for me. I it's, compare it's the guy who didn't grow boy. up. Yeah. Yeah. I compare a man to a boy. You know, if you're making excuses and blaming other people, that's not manly. What's manly is saying, you know what? I, yeah, bad stuff happens, but I'm going to step up and take ownership and yeah. overcome it anyway. You know, a, a man whines and complains instead of doing something about it. You know, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, let me pull that up. Uh, yeah, I, I I saw that. That was an awesome list. That's it's worth sharing. And you're right. There's, yeah, a, great, you know, so, there's a great distinction there. It's like, and you're comparing. Um, if, if there is a comparison that's it's helpful or valuable or healthy, it's like, yeah, what's what's immature? What's the avoidance? What where haven't you grown up? Where haven't you taken on ownership or responsibility? Where are you underdeveloped? Yeah, I I love this idea of like it's not that you're broken. Or that something's inherently wrong. It's just often it's like, hey, you're just in this aspect, you're still underdeveloped. Yeah. It's not very manly. Yeah, it's kind of boyish. Yeah. Yeah. So like this list that I made is, you know, a boy is selfish, whereas a man serves a cause bigger than himself. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty universal. You know, a boy wants to fit in and be cool. You know, you look at teenage boys in junior high and high school. Yeah. They just want to fit in and be cool. Yeah. And every boy was like that for the most part in high school, right? Like it's very natural to want to fit in and be cool when you're 15, you know, whereas a man stands up for what's he, what he believes in, whether it's cool or not. Yes. Um, a boy is indecisive and, and unsure of himself. A man makes a decision and commits. A boy whines when life isn't fair. A man doesn't feel sorry for himself. A boy is a slave to his appetites. A man has self-control over his urges. A boy is in, irresponsible and untrustworthy. And a man takes responsibility for everything. Um, no. That, to me, is something that you don't have to be an alpha or a beta. or You don't have to be extroverted or introverted. You don't have to be you know, a bodybuilder or you know, an, a, a triathlete or whatever. Any, any male can make the decision to embody those things. That's so powerful, brother. You right. don't have right. to be a, an alpha male or any particular kind of male to do manly things and to, to have mm -hmm. those attributes, those virtues, those characteristics that make a man. And to be honest, most of those things apply to women too. Yep. Mature woman versus a mature man, right? True. That to me is is I think we're we're one of the one of the real like root issues with how we talk about these things is is virtue and and I and I get it right. Like feminism has had has 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 affected a lot, and it's it's skewed a lot of 
the way we view things. And so men are trying to carve out and remember what me, being a man is. And the easiest way to do that is say, oh, well, what's manly and what's womanly? Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't I'm not looking down on people that are making that. I'm trying to really just go deeper than that and say, you know, when I really think when I hear uh, when I think when I think of a man I admire and respect, it's, man, that's a man. That's a grown yeah. man right there. I'm comparing him to the way boys behave. Right. I'm, not, I'm not even thinking about how a woman behaves. I didn't even, I didn't even cross my mind. Right. You know, it's like, that's a mature adult man. I love that. In brother. comparison to an immature or a teenage boy, you yep. know? And so if you're behaving in a way that reminds me of a teenage boy where something goes wrong and you start whining about it, I don't think, Oh, you're behaving like a woman. Yeah. I think, Oh, you're behaving like you sound like my 15 year old son. Yeah whining and complaining and you haven't matured enough to realize that that's just part of life. And the sooner you, the sooner you learn to do, do to do something about that, the better off everybody's going to be, including yourself. Yep. Um, Such a great distinction, man. I love that. So, so actually I wanted to ask, I'm curious about your writing process. You, you do, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong. You seems like you do a lot more writing than you do like making videos or posts or audios or things like you're writing what's what does that look like for you what it seems like you're you're quite thoughtful about it you're analytical like do you, have you been writing for a long time do you enjoy the writing process you um no i have not been um been writing for for a long time now in my career i've 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 been communicating my whole life you know i'm a business owner you know i've done a lot of sales i've done i've had to coach my teams i've had to, you know so i've as far as developing that skill set, I learned it in, in my career, in um, you know, but as far as my writing process, you know, for me, um, the, I feel like what we need in a lot of these dialogues is we need depth and we need nuance. We need real fully thought out dialogues, not sound bites, yep. you know? And so when I started writing, a lot of people, told me like, man, you need to make reels and you need to turn these into quick posts or whatever. 15 it's like, seconds, man. It's like, man, I can't say what I need to say in context to really get the point across in in, in a 56 second reel. And yeah. so I'm going to do it the way I know it needs to be done. And if people respond to it, great. If not, well, but I'm not going to water down. I feel like it's important for me to say. Um, I love now, that. I don't post very often and you know, everybody, everybody says, Oh, you got to post a day. You get the most engagement. And it's like, I can't do that. Yep. You know, I'm, I, I spend, you know, a week reflecting on an idea. Um, and I'll really, and it'll be something that, you know, um, that I haven't even fleshed out yet. It's like something I'll have a thought that I'm like, there's something there that I need to reflect on and bring some depth to. And I'll just spend, you know, I'll just spend time thinking about it. And then when I write, you know, I actually PowerPoint because that's all I knew how to use. So all of my Instagram stuff, I make it in PowerPoint. Um, so my creative process is, you know, I'll just make, I'll just make the slides and I'll just write out everything I need to write. And that, that usually, does, that usually comes pretty quickly, kind of like this where I'm just talking. Um, but I'll usually end up with like 22 slides. <laughs> and so the process of, refining all that down is by far the most time consuming part, you know, is taking, you know, the brainstorm part of it where it, I just, I, I really fully have the whole conversation and refining that down and refining it down and refining it down into, 
into 10 into nine slides basically um, is by far the most time consuming part but I would say I probably spend four to five hours on each post that's each awesome show. and what's happening I really that's really insightful thanks for sharing that process because um, writing is the golden key to thinking Absolutely. And, there, and there's a lot of mind work. And I love you, the way you just described your process is the, the it's the thinking process, right? It's, it's where we learn how to think and articulate. And it's tough. Yeah. It's really oh, hard. I, oh, it's, there's so much going on it's everywhere and you can just dump it all. But to yeah. go through that work and mind work, okay, what does this actually mean? And how do I get it down to a concise, meaningful uh, element here that I can use? Wow. It's, it's a powerful process. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's very challenging. It's not easy. It's very, very demanding, you know, and after I write a post and then I'm very engaged with the comments too, you know, like I really engage with it with, and there's a lot of good dialogues even in the comment section, but after about two days after I post, I have to just, you know, kind of di disengage from Instagram because if not, it just depletes me too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, and I, and, you know, I, I I'm really, I'm really proud of the people that follow me. And, and, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, you know, people are too dumb to have a good attention span and they, you know, they're, they're not willing to invest in reading some, reading a long post or whatever. And so, man, you look at the engagement and the number of comments that I'm getting and the number, you know, just how fast my page has grown. It's like, no, people are hungry for depth. Yes, people are, are hungry for knowledge. Um, and so I'm really proud of, of you know, at least my, at least the, my audience and my followers and how many people have followed me and engaged with my stuff um, for, for, you know, it's easy to sit and think people are, you know, lose hope in people, you know, if you yep. observe everybody's behavior, but man, I've been really encouraged, you know, to receive what I've received, you know, right. from the people that have. Because there are, there are plenty of people, people out there who want a long dialogue. They, they want depth. Yeah. They, they want to it's sit good and, and, yeah. and learn. If it's good and if, you know, if you really take the time to put the quality and the effort in, um, and I think that's, I think that is reflected in, you know, in my work. Um, I mean, I think it's very obvious that I've spent a lot of time really thinking through this stuff and really trying to come at it from every angle, not just yep. like, oh, here's what I think everybody should be doing. You know, I, I try to write in the first person, you know, because I'm, um, and talk about my own mistakes and how I've learned these yep. things you know, the, the right way, because I think too often think about it, like being a father, right? Like nobody responds really. We've all, you know, most of us had that dad that ordered us around and just said, do this, do this, do this, do this. Like, how'd that work when you were the kid? Right. Whereas there's the dad that sits you down and says, here's why yeah. I don't want you to do this. Here's what I did wrong. Yeah. And I want you to learn from me. And I think, so much of the content that's written on Instagram, just across the board on Twitter on everything is we're, we're being that dad that's just ordering everybody around yep. instead of saying, man, I learned this the hard way. I'm telling you this because here's what, here's when I didn't do it and what it cost me. And, you know, I feel like having, having that kind of tone in a lot of the stuff that I write has, has really changed how it's received. Yeah. You're so right. And I've been guilty of the other side where I, I go through the experience, you know, have like, oh, just earn this thing. And then my, my thing, I get so excited. 
Oh, you guys, hey, everybody, you gotta stop doing that. Like, that's not oh, yeah. working. Do this. It's awesome. Yeah. But you're you're exactly right. You're just nailing it. Where if I'll, if I step back and say, hey, this is, again, it's like we, we all know the dad lecturing doesn't work, right? Yeah. The, the dad lecture just does not work. It just falls flat. If you humanize it and you sit yeah. down and say, man, let me tell you a story about when I was 16 yeah. and I did something similar and what happened to me, right? And you know, and you really just talk, and you and you and you're authentic, and you're human. That's always going to be more effective than you know. And I don't think people do it on purpose. I just think it's easy to fall into that trap of like, even with very good intentions, yep. coming across as condescending and talking down to people that might not know what you know. Right? Yep. Like, it's, if you're not careful, it's really easy to do that. Yeah, and that's why step right over there. Yep. That's why I do so much proofreading. That's why it takes me so long to edit those things down. It's not just what I'm saying, but you know, am I saying this in a way oh, so that's, that's relatable? You know, that's that isn't going to make people feel dismissed or condescended to or talked down to. But from a, from a place of like, listen, I'm I'm when I was in your position, I was, I, I made these same mistakes too, man. I'm not, I'm not telling you you're an idiot for doing this stuff. What I am telling you is that if you stay on the track that you're on, I did that, man. And here's what happened. Yep. You know, and, and I think I've been able to touch on some topics that if I would have handled them the wrong way, it would have been really, you know, it would have gone the wrong way. Yeah. Inflammatory. Nobody would have learned. And but right. it's, been, it's been cool. I've gotten a lot of comments so far on a lot of different posts of like, you know, man, at the beginning I was prepared to disagree with you, but by the end, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you walk through and, it. You know, and um, you don't see many people saying that on social right. media. Yep, exactly. And I and because, I really think that that, just there's so that. much vitriol, so much disagreement, so much these these battles where where it seems as though uh, they're they're not even considering other views. It's just like this is mine, this is yours, and we're gonna slash each other. And... Well, we're trying to win. You right. know, it's like, man, I don't. I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to get it right. Yep. You know, or or worrying about who's right versus what's right. Yes, that's great so too. Oh, powerful yeah. man, I love that brother. Hey, I want to I want to shift gears to two things we you and I just kind of touched on before we hit the recording. Um just this the slow steady work of of some awesome results that that you created like one element at a time and one was business and the other one was was transforming your body putting on some serious muscle mass yeah <laughs> and yeah. in both of those instances you talked about it was a long process kind of one step at a time man walk us walk us through that a little bit both of those cuz i think it's it, they're similar principles if not the same principle where maybe you had the imagination, the curiosity, the vision of something you wanted to create, and then you just kept at it until you got yeah. the results you wanted. Yeah, you know, I think the best way to talk about that, I would use the metaphor. Um, uh, I was a I was a baseball player. I played baseball in college, and I was a pitcher, right? And so, part of being a pitcher is, you know, you have to just make the next pitch. You know, I can't control the umpire. Um, I can't control if my fielders make an error. I can't control if the, if the batter gets a good hit. Um, but I think it's easy in life to judge your success or failure on every pitch. Mm. And 
I see a lot of people, I see a lot of people judging success and failure after every single action. And I think what's been really helpful wow. for me growing up as, you know, as a baseball player is like, if you look at somebody like in the major leagues, for instance, like we don't judge them by every pitch. That's crazy. We don't even judge them by every game because everybody has a, you know, judge me. We definitely don't judge them by every inning. We don't even really judge them after a whole game of 130 pitches, right? right? We judge them over the course of a season. And even more so, we judge them over the course of a career. A career, yep. And life is the same way. And I think if you can shift your mindset from trying to win every pitch, I mean, nobody wins every pitch. Nobody throws every pitch perfectly. And there's always going to be a lot of elements that you have no control over. And, and a lot of people get distracted by that. You know, it's like, oh, the umpire made a the metaphorical umpire made a bad call. And I lose my mind for 20 pitches in the game. Like, no, you have to immediately forget about what the umpire just did and go back to focusing on what yeah. you can control and executing the next pitch. And if you can, it's hard to do, but if you can keep that disciplined mindset of like, I'm just going to execute each pitch the best I can. If I mess up, I'm going to learn from it. And I'm not going to do that again. By the time the game's over, you'll usually win. But not if you let a bad call throw you off your game for t for fifteen pitches. Yep. You know, not if you let one of your fielders make an making an error throw your game off. And so I've just I kind of learned from that. It's so that you know ever it's really easy to succeed if you just take like a death by a thousand cuts approach. Just show up every day, execute every act every action to the best of your ability and don't really focus on, you know, the results, you know, at least not in the short term, find the, find the right actions and just trust oh, that by the, by the time the game's over, if you just execute that action over and over and over again, it will work out often enough that you'll win the game. Yep. Man, that's true in investing and in business and in everything. I feel like, yeah, I feel like so many people think if they don't throw a no-hitter, it's a failure. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, dude, you're going to give up hits. You're going to walk people. Like, stuff's going to happen in real life. And maybe every once in a while, once a year, a pitcher will throw a perfect game. Right. And and I think if people took a lot of the, the, the immediate pressure off and expanded their, their time frame for how they're evaluating either their personal growth or their fitness or their business or, or whatever it is, their marriage, anything, expand your time frame and execute the right actions over and over again. And it will work out often enough that people will eventually, that eventually it will be something that people are like, wow, your marriage is amazing. Your business is awesome or you're in great shape. And it's like, yeah, my marriage is amazing because we've spent about 2000 hours arguing, <laughs> you know, like, there's only one way to get there and that's showing up and doing the grunt work over and over and over again until you don't have to do it. Yes. Oh, so good. And that's not sexy. No, but not it's at all. It's just almost a grind. It's almost, but you know, it's like Zig, Zig Ziglar. You mentioned Zig Ziglar earlier. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, he said, there's no elevator to success. You have yep. to take the stairs. Yep. You know, and if you get really good, a lot of people try to swing for the fences and hit home runs because that's what we see highlights of. That's what sure. looks sexy. Right. But if you just go up and get a single every single time, if you just literally just one step at a time, 
it's almost impossible to fail. Right. It really is. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of if or when that's where talent comes in is how long does it, talent will help me climb three steps at once. And so it's just how soon do you succeed? But regardless of your talent level, if you just execute the right action repeatedly, success is a foregone conclusion. If you yep. just have the patience to stick with it. Just keep going. That's, that's worth reemphasizing right there. It's almost impossible to fail. If you just keep going, you persist in the right actions. Yeah. You, I mean, and it's almost cliche for all the people that have become successful. We all say it. You say it. I say it. I see it a hundred times a day on Instagram, but people still keep like, how do I go get the home run? That's why you're going to fail, dude, because you you want the sexy part. You want to be able to hit the ball over the fence and have everybody cheer for you. And it's pride driven and ego driven. Instead of we're all telling you. There is no overnight success. We all just had to grind it out. Everybody that's on the other side that is successful says the same thing. But every 20-year-old guy messages me and is like, man, I'm so frustrated that I'm not rich yet. Like, Bro, you're a toddler, man. Are you kidding me right now? You're 20. Oh, I feel like I've already screwed my whole life up. You just Dude, get started. You have no idea. Like, yeah. Spend 10 years grinding it out and then tell me that you're not successful. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want, and then they never messaged me back because I didn't right. tell them what they wanted to hear. Oh, I want to be years, rich tomorrow. 10 years of work. Yeah, and they keep hearing these little, these rare stories of of the kind of, a, the you know, something something for nothing quick success. But you're right, the, the recipe is, it's years of doing the right action. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you can go dig a bunch of holes in the ground. You might strike oil. And the one guy that strikes oil is going to get a lot of publicity. Yeah. And so everybody's going to be out digging holes. It's like, or, or you can just do the basics and the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, like the fundamentals, all the fundamentals are fundamental for a reason. They right. always work. And they're you, undefeated. You were telling me before we got on, it's the same with your business. You just built it one, one cell at a time, one client yeah. at a time. It wasn't... It wasn't this big mass of one day, then you know, oh, yeah. a whole bunch of people showed up. You just one client at a time. And then the compounding effect. Compound effort. Yeah. Compound and then eventually effort. like it hits and you're like, wow, okay, now our business is vastly different from than what it was, you know, last year or three years ago. And I knew that going in. I think that was I you know, I actually listened to all the people that said success doesn't come overnight. You got to just execute the right activities, show up every day and carry the water, do the work and just keep doing it. Well, I actually listened and I just did that. That's awesome. <laughs> people, people reach out to me and they want to know what the secret to success is. And it's just like, do the boring stuff over and over and over again. Like, yeah, I don't like that answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you give me a better answer, please? Something a little yeah. more exciting, a little easier, a little faster. Yeah, if you want to try that, that's fine. You can swing through the fences every time, and you might hit a home run. More than likely, you're just gonna strike out. Yeah. And the guy who's hitting the the base hits every single time is gonna succeed. Is undefeated. Okay, how how do you do this in fitness? Because you went from well, give us your number, like. The pictures I saw, like you were, you were, you were pretty skinny, bro. And then you, you bulked up. Well, I, um, the pictures where I was really skinny, I was really unhealthy. I was working like a hundred hours a week. And like, I was barely, I was so focused 
like I wasn't even really eating. You know, I was wow. just like, I didn't have time to go eat. I just had chocolate milk in the refrigerator. It's like, oh, I, this feeling of hunger is is a distraction. So chocolate milk because I don't have time for that shit. You know, I got work to do. Yep. And so I happen to be like an ectomorph, you know, so I lose weight if I'm not careful. You know, a lot of people have the opposite problem. For me, it's like if I don't eat 4,000 calories a day, I lose weight. Right. And metabolism is crazy. So that picture, I was really underweight. You know, I was probably 30 pounds underweight in, in that before picture. So getting back to like, I was like 165 and I'm, I'm 6'4". So I was like 165. So I mean, I, I looked, I looked like I was. Skinny. Yeah. I mean, I looked like some, something was like wrong. And so it was pretty easy to get up to like 200, just slowing down and just eating three times a day. Yep. Like got me up to like 200. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it was just, you know, I, I was in shape in college. I was in pretty good shape already. I was, I was about 210, 215. Um, and so it really wasn't, you know, it didn't take what it takes a lot of people to put on muscle for me just because of my body type. Um, but it, it took about two and a half years of just, you know, I was at the gym every, you know, five nights a week for two hours, you know, because, but I had, you know, I think it's important to point out, you know, like this was after my business was successful. You know, I think a lot of men are grinding it out, you know, and then they they're like, oh, I'm not also in great shape. It's like, man, you can't be great at everything at the same time. You know, like I, I had the capacity to to spend two hours, you know, like right now, I go to the gym at two in the afternoon. I'm there for two to four while everybody else is having, having nice. work. You know? Nice. Um, you let know, me so, ask you, let me ask you a question about that. Cause that, that's an interesting insight. If you could go back and do it over again, would, would you, could you prioritize your health? In, in a different way so you didn't get unhealthy because i know um, you know especially when you're in it and you're learning it and again we don't we don't get the chance to go back and do it over again but, but i personally wouldn't have done it any differently I you would like just grind it and just push hard just, you know get it over with it i think the important context i would add is that in your career are you doing that in in a field or in a vertical that that kind of grind has the potential to be to have an end date to where you don't have to grind that much anymore i don't think anybody should grind so getting just obsessed for a fixed short period of time yeah but for me it was like all right the next seven years my kids were babies and i sat down and told my wife i said i don't have much to offer a baby you know the next seven years are mommy time if i want us to establish a life I've got seven years to make that happen so that by the time they're old enough to need me, I have the capacity to be there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to pile in 20 years worth of work into seven years so that I can check that box off and be done with it. And then I'll be, we'll be in a position financially that I can be present at home. I can be there for my boys. I can do all these things. And so it was a, a strategy that I decided on before I ever started. Yeah. This is something that I've, I've got, a, I've got a timeline. I've got a deadline that I've got to hit this certain number financially by this deadline. And I'm and anything that I have to call anything within reason, you know, I'm not saying go get on cocaine or 
with, you know, but you know, anything within reason that has to, that has to be put on the back burner for now, I'll get to that when I'm done with this. So setting, but, a, setting a target, yeah, setting a deadline and then paying a price to get a result. Do you feel yeah. like you, you missed out on life during those seven years? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I have, you know, I have almost no memories of my boys, especially my younger son. I have about a six year window where I have no memories of him at all. I just have pictures. And that's hard. That's super hard. It's, it is, you know, but at the same time, I'm proud of what I did. You know, I'm proud of the sacrifices that I made because now I'm able to really, really be there for him now that he's old enough. And we've got a really close relationship now. Beautiful. We talk really deeply. Um, you know, we go do uh, Muay Thai together twice a week. Nice. You know, we'll, yes. We'll drive to and from Muay Thai together and we'll practice, we'll practice it together. And then on the way back, we have all these chances to talk and do all these things. And so, yeah, I don't have many memories of him when he was six, but I'm going to have a lot of really good quality memories that will balance, will more than balance that scale back out. And how, how are you able to flip the switch? I know some, some men get going and they get in that drive and they never let up and, and they kind of get to a point where it's, it's insatiable. It's never enough. And so they'll just um, keep going like that indefinitely. It feels like, it seems well, like you, you hit a target and you're like, Hey, I can switch that. For me, the goal wasn't the doing, it was the target. It's like, I'm aiming at, you know, I'm just hypothetically, I'm aiming at 500 grand a year. Right. And once, and I did, I, it, it's easy because, you know, the business that I'm in isn't something that I'm really passionate about. It's pretty dry. It's not exciting. It's not anything that I'm excited to wake up and go do. It was a means to an end. Right. Um, it was the, it was the vehicle that I had to build the life that I needed to build. Yep. And so I yep. just made the most of it. Um, and so for me at the very beginning, it was like, I don't really care what the vehicle is to get me there. I just know where I'm trying to go. So once I hit once I hit five hundred thousand a year, I'm out. I'm out because it's my target. I hit my but target. I knew now, that. I'm, now I'm living more in on purpose, right? Yes. That was a vehicle. Like, let's get this that. phase over with. Let's build the foundation for my life. Let's get this launched into orbit. You know, because a spaceship uses ninety percent of its fuel just getting into orbit. And as a yep. man, that's the most challenging phase of life. It's like yep. You've got it's to launching. go from from zero, unless you inherited money or you're just multi, insanely talented or whatever. When you get married and you have a family and you got kids, you have to go from zero, like no momentum, no nothing. Oftentimes you got to dig yourself out of holes you've created for yourself. And you've got to launch your, not just you, but your family's life from ground level into orbit. And that takes an insane amount of fuel to do that. But once you get into orbit, just like getting in shape, it's really hard to get in shape, but it's not that it's hard to stay in shape. Stay in shape. Yep. Yeah. You right. get in your and systems so. and habits and patterns. And I would say that's true also for everything in life. Once you get things dialed in and optimized, that's the, the word I like to use optimized. Once you get things optimized, it's a lot easier to keep them there. Yeah. But you got to get, and I would say one that. of the ways that I've done to shift the gears is I just, I've, I've found other things to pour that tenacity into that yeah. aren't work. My tenacity is like 
yeah, after I was done with that work, there was a lot of work I had to do to get my marriage where it needed to be because my marriage wasn't, I didn't completely ignore it, but I'd, I'd caused enough pain yep. that I had a lot, to, a lot that I had to reconcile with and a lot to, you know, ask forgiveness restore. for and yep. a lot that I had to restore, you know, yep. and, um, I had to, you know, and so I feel like it, it was easy to shift gears, um, by just finding new things to pour myself into right. as opposed to, you know, just chasing more and more and more and more money, more and more and more and more business, you know, like you can go back to, you know, whether you're a, whether you're a Christian, you can go look, look in the read, read what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes about how it's all vanity, you know, or you can go read philosophy from, you know, the Stoics and the Greeks. And I mean, in every, every ancient, literature you know all anything you would call wisdom has been warning men against that yeah. as long as men have been alive you can't there's no there is no fulfillment in that constant chasing of material possessions yep. and wealth fame and power it's a black hole you know like everybody and every man in history that knew anything has tried to be has been screaming hey it doesn't that's work have, bro that's not <laughs> exactly. gonna work you know and so i knew it's going been tried was, gentlemen it has been, been tried. tried you know and it's like i'm still saying the same thing and dudes try to argue and be like bro you don't have to listen to me like just read anything read anything from men yeah. that have tried to like put themselves in a position to be an advisor whether it's a spiritual person or a non-spiritual person or whether it's gandhi or buddha or jesus like nobody's telling you i've never read anything that has told men hey bro the key to satisfaction is just constant wealth acquisition yeah. and power yes you'll, 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 you'll die happy. yeah it's like exactly. nobody has ever said that <laughs> nobody yeah at what point are you gonna hear it and so yeah. for me like i feel like i was impressionable enough at a young age to believe that you know like i, I heard that stuff i read that stuff it's like okay i'm just gonna believe that those older dudes know what they're talking about and i'm not Huge. gonna you know, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had a I knew when it was time to stop before I ever started. That's and that, I feel like that really so pivotal. It's so important, man. I love that. So good. Ryan, this has been awesome, man. I got to I got to run to a speaking engagement. This has been so fantastic. Um, Really appreciate. uh, Well, your posts, the things you the the price you're paying to think and write and share. And things yeah, that are working for you, right? That's that's huge. That's so valuable to turn around and give back um, some of the things you're you're learning, and, and to, to take some time, make some time today to to come on, man. I really appreciate that. Oh, where man. can where can people connect with you, brother? Right now, it's just Instagram at the Wisdom of Kings. Okay, the Wisdom of Kings on Instagram is a perfect, a great platform there. A um, lot, a lot of great content, a lot of great stuff. Ryan, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate Thanks for being you. on here. Today.